All right, Steve. So at that moment when your baby was born and you realized there could be potential brain damage, how did you and Jess respond to that? Yeah, that's a really great question, Eric. So, you know, when you hear those words, it's um, it's really overwhelming. I, I guess the first thing is time stands still. Yeah, that just for a moment, time stands still, and you you have a million thoughts. No exaggeration, a million thoughts flash through your mind, but you know it's it's overwhelming. You know, gut wrenching. You know, fear. Um, yeah. You know, when the the consultants, you know, are concerned about potential brain damage, but more importantly, um. You know, they say that there is an intervention, but they need to start immediately. Needs to be done within six hours of birth. Hey, and the clock's already ticking. We're already four hours in when right. the consultants came to us with that. Amazing. All right. Well, we're going to get more into that in a moment. But first. Hello, I'm Steve. And I'm Eric. And together we are two dads with one mission. So welcome to the Allied Dads podcast. This is the show for dads, all about fatherhood, faith, and freedom. One conversation at a time. And on this episode, the question is, have you ever had your faith challenged by the circumstances of life? So let me share with you, you know, the real life situation that challenged my own faith recently. And it's my hope that something will either resonate with you or you'll get some value as you're listening perhaps some some insight that can assist you with your own thinking on faith. You know, and that's really my hope for you today. Yeah. So let me just take you back. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, a normal Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> my wife, Jess, she's 40 weeks pregnant. Um, you know, baby's growth scans have all gone well, but we're in for a scheduled straightforward induction. Um, and during that induction process, um, you know, things are not moving as fast uh, as we would hope. And we've done our research and, and Jess and in communication with myself, we were we were pretty adamant that we didn't want to go down, um, which is, is known as um, well, certainly here in the UK and Europe. I'm guessing it's very similar over stateside and in other areas of the world. Um, it's literally called, you know, the drip. But what the drip is, is it, it, they pump a synthetic version of oxytocin, which is the uh, the hormone associated with getting the labor process and the contraction started. Gotcha. And we we didn't want that for our own reasons, which I'm not going to go into, you know, in this. So um, but it's one of those it's one of those decisions that parents have to make, you know, right? Yeah, it is. It's a decision. And um, there, there, were, there were numerous pros and cons, but more more cons and more against in our view, which I, right. I, like I say, I won't go into because we're, we're getting into, you know, technical science there. Right. Um, but I think, but I think at some point you're, you're going to tell us how that actually turned out to be a really great thing. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. So we, we basically had the consultant who was about to, um, in fact, the consultant came and said, okay, so we're going to get you hooked up to a drip. And Jess said, no, you're not because it's her body, her choice. Um, right. You know, it's almost like people are pushed into 
this type of a, an induction and that's the next step and there's nothing you can do. So, you know, we made the decision that that wasn't right for us for our own reasons. And we, we saw alternatives. Unfortunately, there were no alternatives and it actually came down to us having to say, well, if there are no alternatives, we know that the next step would be an elected, you know, cesarean C-section. So that's right. what we went for. Um, went down to the theatre, probably nine, 10, 11 people in the theatre from, you know, the chief surgeon to the anaesthetists to uh, midwives, nurses, you know, theatre staff. And, um, you know, the operation went fine. But right at the end, the, the time when, you know, baby was obviously uh, born, total silence in the room. It seemed again like total silence. And I'm sure you know, my wife, Jess, because she's conscious at this time, turned to me and said, um, you know, is the baby OK? And, you know, uh, it's, like you could you know, probably just feel that tension faith. in the room, right? Like, yeah, there's the first test of faith. You know, where's the baby's cry? And again, time yeah. stood still. It was it, it felt like minutes. And I guess it was a matter of seconds. But, you know, Jess turned and said, you know, is the baby OK? And there's the first test of faith. Oh it's yeah. Like, yeah, the baby's fine. They're just, you know, sometimes they don't breathe straight away. He's <laughs> just, you know, getting the help he needs. Um, you know, there were nine, ten, eleven people in the room, all experts. And the baby um clearly is getting great care. Um, but then the baby cries, and um, you know, we're told, you know, we've got a beautiful baby boy. We knew that anyway. Um, he's brought over to us after uh, you know, they cleaned him up, etc. And all everything right. seems fine at that stage. So you know, successful, um, uh, you know, cesarean section. I then move with baby to the recovery room while they just obviously finish up, um, you know, stitches and the operation. In the recovery room, um, the the midwife, who was obviously involved in the initial, um, you know, recovery and, and getting baby to breathe oxygen on his own, was a little concerned that his breathing was shallow. Um, and called a, uh, a pediatrician consultant in to kind of check him out. They do tests as well where they, it's called blood gases, where they, they check the oxygen level in the bloodstream. Right. And it appeared at that stage that, um, you know, baby Vincent, that's that's who we, um, um, who we decided to call uh, our baby Vincent. So baby Vincent had, um, uh, uh, you know, lacked oxygen um, before uh, or during birth. Um, significantly enough, and that's where those those words came. Significantly enough for them to be concerned. Um, and, and I'm sure the the tension was still felt. You you, you just knew something wasn't. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, we 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 weren't concerned at that stage because again, we weren't we weren't talking trauma at that stage. But then time ticked, and you know, minutes passed, hours passed. You know, and and we're we're you know free maybe two, three hours in now, and they've done more blood gases and the results are, are below what they would expect. So baby was not getting enough oxygen into his bloodstream. And at that stage, we transferred to, you know, the um, the neo um, neonatal intensive care in the hospital that Vincent was born in. They did more tests. And then the consultant came to us, you know, with those, uh, you know, those serious words, there's potential brain injury. You know, the baby could have brain damage. We don't have the necessary equipment here. Um, you oh know, to deal with. There is there is a process um, which is called a rapid cooling process where the baby has to be cooled down um, almost to um, hyperthermia levels. They really right. cool the... Uh, the so uh, in that moment, could you just feel like what, 
what did you experience right in that moment when they when they're telling you this information? I mean, this is this is like life changing information. Did you did, yeah, did it just it, feel like it, a weight on you, or like what was it? Yeah, what it's was a that huge like? kind of weight. It's it's you know because on the one hand we've been given this, you know, something could be seriously wrong. Yeah, and then on the other hand, and you have to make a decision. So, yeah. um, you know, and the decision was is look, there's this cooling process, but it has to be done within six hours. Um, you know, Vincent kind of meets all the criteria, but we look at the clocks and four hours had passed. So we've literally got two hours, but they don't have the necessary team or the equipment to do the process, um, you know, at this hospital. So they have to ring around to find another hospital, then find an, an emergency intensive care transport team to come yeah. and collect Vincent and transport him. And as we're doing all of that, time's ticking. Um, sure. The transport team arrived literally bang on six hours and they got him into the cooling incubator um, just as we were crossing that six hour threshold. So, wow. um, you know, that, um, that can test your faith and all oh, along no the way, other than there was a moment where, you know, I literally had tears in my eyes when I think it's the, when the word brain damage kind of sunk in a little bit, but then, um, you know, from the outset, I always had this faith that everything would be okay. And Amazing. I tell the story. I tell the story because you know, from the theatre, probably nine or ten, um, you know, surgeons and staff and anaesthetists and nurses and midwives were present in the theatre. Um, the transport team consisted of six people who transported him to a, another neighbouring hospital. So when lots he arrived of at the, um, the yeah, when he arrived at neonatal. Um, intensive care unit at, at the neighboring hospital, which was about 25 miles away, I followed on. There was a, a dozen people in that team. And all along the, the um, you know, the short time that he stayed, so there is some positive here, guys, you know, stay listening. The short yeah. time that he arrived, he was, he had all of these teams of people around him. And never once did I turn to anyone in those teams from the surgeon who carried out the C-section to the consultants, to the transport team and, and question their ability to provide a high level of amazing care to baby right. Vincent. I didn't need to check their certificates. It just wasn't, there wasn't time trading, to do. You're just, you're just taking it in, in faith yeah. that, that they are great at what they do and, and you almost leave it in their hands. So that let's, was let's talk about faith. So we've used that word quite a bit. People use that word all the time. People have signs on their wall, you know, that just say faith. And it's like, what, what is faith? Well, mm. so one of the things, you know, one, you know, criteria for a definition of faith is the Bible says in Hebrews 11, one, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Mm. So, you know, when I when I look at things like that, I like to break it down a little bit and think about like what is substance? You know, well, substance is a noun, and substance is is a, is a thing, right? It's it's like actual matter, and so you know, I don't think a lot of people think about faith as something that they could hold in their hand. It seems more ethereal, right? But yeah. but the Bible is calling it these words. It's saying substance and evidence. You know, when we think of evidence, right? We we generally think of like physical evidence something we could look at or hold or whatever. And, and so the Bible is making faith something that's very tangible. And, and so that's one, you know, one way of looking at faith. And then there's, and then there's the, the other idea of like, um, or the other question of, of why have faith? Well, 
I think your experience with your with your baby is a great reason, you know, uh, uh, of why. Because without faith, what what would be the what, you know what would the alternative look like for you, right? I mean, meltdown and panic. Um, it's it's, un, it's unthinkable. Yeah. Yeah. Make bad decisions. You know, mm. go go emotionally out of control and then and then that spins your wife out of control because you're not holding you know you're not holding the ground right i mean as men and as fathers you know we need to be strong it doesn't mean that we don't have emotions or feelings or things that we express but you know faith is i believe one of those things that that can ground you and and like you know show you who you are in these moments of trial so and and I just want to say real quick, we're we're getting short on time, but you know, you and I were staying in communication over WhatsApp. And and if you haven't listened to us or you don't know who we are, you know, Steve's in the United Kingdom, I'm in the United States, and you know, so we were communicating over WhatsApp, and and I still remember the the like the feeling and the emotion I had when I when I texted him and asked him how things were going. And I don't remember your exact words, but it, it was kind of vague, like something's not right. You know, and I had been praying for you. And when I saw that message, I was, I, you know, I kind of had that feeling of like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, something. And I just, you know, I just kind of immediately went into prayer. But, you know, nor did I come apart. I had faith and I was just kind of talking to God about like, what, what are you going to do, God? I mean, here's this, here's this young baby in the balance, right? So I was just praying for protection. So faith for, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and the same with me as well. It's just I had this um, this overwhelming, positive sense of knowing, you know, I'm calling yeah. that faith, but everything was going to work out okay. Yeah, I love that phrase, sense of knowing, right? I think yeah. I think that's also a good way of describing the nature of faith is, is just a, a, a particular knowing. Yeah. So let's talk about the different kinds of faith. Um, you know, again, the Bible talks about different kinds of faith. I think that most people would, would recognize that, you know, just like the language that we use, you know, a, a person might say, oh, I have faith in this person that they're they're going to do what they say, or, you know, people can have faith in themselves. And, and the Bible talks about how, you know, that when we become children of God, that we receive the faith of Christ, like it's something that's imputed to us. So there's different types of faith. And I think it's, I think that it's really good to understand, you know, in other words, if you're listening to this and you've never really taken the time to analyze your faith, um, I, th- I think that Steve and I's desire would be that that you would, that you would take this brief little introduction about faith based upon Steve's experience as as a, you know, as the impetus to, to look into your faith and maybe challenge yourself a little bit to grow your own faith or just develop your faith because it's a, it's a grounding tool, I believe, for the rest of your life. And so I guess in conclusion, that kind of ties into that, right? So, you know, we, we you know, I, I kind of feel like a, a well-defined faith in yourself, you know, will help you navigate fatherhood, right? You know, again, your circumstances were a classic example of this, you know, having, having purpose and passion as a father, it's hard to do that without faith, right? Yeah. All these things tie together. So Life has a way of throwing things at you. It certainly does. Yeah. And so yeah. So faith I mean, will uh, will help you through those things. 
Yeah, let me just talk about very, very quickly because I know we're short on time for this episode. So um, how did this all end then? So again, I I, I had felt faith in myself um, and that's how I held it all together yeah. throughout the process. Um, I had that faith in others, but you know, they, they had all the necessary training to do what needed to be done. So Vincent was uh, was um, frozen, as I, uh, as I like to say. <laughs> he was cooled down near frozen and defrosted um, over a 72 hour period, pumped full of lines and antibiotics and came through that um, in amazing, um, amazing rapidness. He just responded so quickly. Yeah. Um, he also then had an MRI scan on, um, on no brain injury, no, no um, severe or major brain trauma or brain, uh, yeah. brain damage there, which was, you know, completely reassuring. So, you know, Sometimes you have to have that faith in something beyond yourself or others, you know, right. such, Absolutely. As, um, such as God, for example. Yeah. All right. Well, good. So we're glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. Um, our next episode is going to be on autonomy and freedom. So if, if you're interested in freedom, then be sure to check that out. Um, and, and Steve and I are both open. If you have any topics that you would like us to explore please drop us a line and steve where can people find all of our information yeah so people can find um, all of our relevant information just on our website which is simply alliedads.com so alliedads.com which is our single point of contact and of course if um if you're watching the video version of this you know subscribe and like our channel absolutely okay steve thanks for telling your story appreciate you brother yeah you too. Great okay. being here. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Okay. Take care.